we walked into the space and it felt like wonderland almost because it's completely like open, empty, no walls. You just see concrete and graffiti everywhere. Welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend is Aaron. Before we get into this week's episode, it is brought to you by Thousand Island Records. You're currently listening to the song Watch For Your Head On The Way Out by Finnish punk band One Hidden Frame. It comes off of their upcoming album, I Am Not Here, which is now up for vinyl pre-order over at thousandislandrecords.com. And while you're there, also go grab yourself a copy of the new album Clones from Wolfric. Both of those, along with merch bundles, are available at thousandislandrecords.com. This week's episode is another discovering episode. This time, Aaron had the chance to chat with a couple of the guys from the band Nominee. They're from Austin, Texas, a five-piece band who's got road-ready hooks and DIY values in their DNA. Uh, It developed over the seven years spent crossing the United States on tour, catching the attention of Smart Punk Records and securing their spot on stages, including So What Music Festival and Furnace Fest, to name but a few. Uh, here's the thing. This episode, a discovering episode, that means they're going to talk about some of the albums that influenced them as well as a couple of the songs off of their latest record, which came out last year. So that's what we're going to get into. But before we do, a little bit more housekeeping. Go follow us on our social medias at Growing Punk Pod. You'll find us on Twitter and Instagram. The links to our personal Twitters and Instagrams are there as well. And uh, another thing, if you want to go support us on Patreon, you'll find the link for that there for just two bucks a month. Uh, You'll get early access to episodes as well as bonus episodes, which are going to be including our radio radio series as we expand that. Of course, that's, you know, a 30, 45 minute thing, maybe an hour, depending on how much I like to talk, I guess, or how long the songs are. Uh, But it's 11 songs presented in a radio hour type thing. So it's music with some breaks here and there, just sharing things about the artists, the songs, that kind of stuff. You know what it is. You'll get bonus episodes of that and some other bonus content as uh, you know time moves on. So that's at our Patreon, two bucks a month, just like that. Uh, wherever you're listening to the podcast, another great way you can support us is by sharing it, rating it, reviewing it. Uh, share it with your friends. Tell your friends about the show. Tweet it. Post it on in your stories on Instagram. Go to TikTok. I don't care. Just tell your friends about it. And then also, if you're listening, especially on Apple Podcasts, uh, you can rate it and review it and help the show grow that way. Get it in to more ears. Anyway, without further ado, this is Discovering
Yeah, so why don't we just start by you guys introducing yourselves, your name, what you play in the band. Okay, I'm Andy. I play drums. I'm Steve. I I play guitar. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to give you the nod like you next. Uh, Um, I'm Dean. I play guitar. Yeah, right on. Yeah, there's. I guess with three of you, sometimes there's that weird like, okay, who's who's answering the question? But that'll be that'll yeah, be the order going to, forward. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that's sweet. Yeah. So we're just going to kind of get right into it. So let's talk about some of uh, the records that that influenced your guys' style of, of music and writing. And uh, so I think it was uh, Andy that had sent sent these picks. So I don't know if this is everyone's or, but feel free to, to list something else if you want. But um, so. Kind of the, the first one he mentioned was uh, the story so far is what you don't see, which came on 2013. Um, so I guess for for whoever of you wanna to talk about this one, how how has this band and this album kind of shaped your sound? You know, is it writing lyrically, musically, anything? Well, this okay. So I, I definitely answered those the picks that I gave you. Story so far is definitely like mine i do not say that that's that is representation of anyone else in the band and i just want to preface by saying like everybody has their own like and i think that's what makes this band so everybody pulls from their own influences to control yeah for process. sure but that record for me i still remember when uh was it under soil and dirt came out and it was just like i can't like they were just that band was just miles ahead of everyone else in the genre and that's when i was really into like pop pop punk so I think what you don't see was just such a phenomenal stepping stone for them as a group to really refine their sound and really polish it. Still sound like themselves, but kind of really hone in on that pop punk sound. And it's just the writing is just so good to me. Like the instrumentation of that record is so phenomenal. They're just such great musicians. And I know that me personally, whenever I, I like to write guitar parts too. So like I, I really drew a lot of influence from that record and any of the songwriting that I try to do and just aspire to be kind of like at that level. Cause I really do hold that band in high regard, uh, but that's, that's one of their song titles. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's just for me, that, that record, that band has always been a really big influence on, on me as a musician and my, my writing style. Yeah. How about the other two? You guys are you into that record at all? I definitely took um, influence from a little later in their career. I thought like the pop pivot they did on uh, Proper Dose. I think yeah, is the record. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was amazing because I I thought that this stuff initially was cool and it was very defining of of the pop punk genre, but they really opened up into like, hey, we listened to a lot of like older like Brit rock and other things, and it like really showed of like this song's just acoustic guitars and this is this one's really open and this is slow and they really i like how they embraced like a lot of different stylistic tendencies that bands would have been like oh we can't be two or these songs may not make sense together and they just were like no like all of this is cool and then uh, for me like i think the mix of that record was a little hard to get used to but once you did it sort of made the record cohesive and make a lot of sense for me and so that kind of like took our genre for me and kind of was like, okay, so if you're really intentional about songwriting and, and sound, like your fans will rally behind you and you can do, you know, interesting and expressive stuff. So I found that record personally a lot, a lot more inspiring. I sort of missed the boat on early story so far, if I'm being honest. 
Yeah, no, that's cool. Would you, like, with the story so far specifically, would you like to see them kind of expand that sound of proper dose, or do you think that's pushing it kind of too far almost? I mean, I think it's sort of what they've, like, evolved into a bit, and I, you know, I sort of I admire, you know, bands sort of, like, growing up and being like, we're doing yeah. this now, you know, as long as it's still good music, like, you know, I'm not I'm not the kind of person that wants you to write your first record, like, four different times, you know, even yeah. though that can be served yeah, well no, sometimes. Fair. Yeah. On a side note with them, have you, any of you guys heard Parker's side project, No Pressure? Dude, love that record. Yeah. So good, Great hey? to see that band live. Yeah. That's a very riffy. I haven't dug deep, but very riffy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not that deep to go. They just have one EP and then a couple yeah. of singles, but I'm, I'm hoping for a full length this yeah. year. So with So I just find it interesting that you know, a story so far with the sound they have, and then they kind of expand it on proper dose. And then Parker has the side project that kind of, you know, pulls it back to that more nostalgic sound. And I'm always curious when bands do that, because is it like, okay, we tried something new and it's cool. We might still do it, but my first love is kind of this. So I'm going to kind of, you know, now start a, a different project, even though maybe he, they could have still done that with story so far. Maybe it wouldn't have translated well, but yeah. Any thoughts on just kind of those types of shifts in bands? I mean, for me, one of my biggest influences has been thrice across the board, and it kind of talks about that whole like ebb and flow and evolution yeah. of things, and and also to think of Dustin Ginsburg like going and doing his own project at the same time. I think it's a a big creative outlet that even if it is running back to the nostalgia or doing something completely different that you think people may not even want to hear from the other band, I just think it's it's incredible to be able to go so far outside of the box of where you started to mm-hmm. kind of, I guess, flex a little bit of the, the uh, uh, ability to go any direction. Uh, and for me, yeah. Thrice has really projected that uh, on and on. And I hear they're doing another like big story compilation album for this, for this mm-hmm. next one. So I, I'm excited to kind of see where they take it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's a great example, and that's come up a lot on on the podcast. Just when bands, you know, shift their sound so drastically, you know, that whole argument of you know a band should just be able to do whatever they want creatively. But you know, people fall in love with a band for a specific sound, and when they change it, so, so I'm one of those guys. Like I love the early Thrace albums, and then just kind of totally lost me. But that's, yeah. I mean. Yeah, maybe I'm just a bit less open with with that kind of thing. Or it's like, oh, but I love that thrice yeah, sound. Sure, I think sure, and I I find myself doing the same. For instance, Palms and Beggars, both of those are not my favorite albums, but uh, To Be Everywhere Is To Be Nowhere uh, is probably my favorite record that they've done. Granted, like yeah, there's nostalgia in Artist the Ambulance and Visu and all that, uh, but also because the engineer for Visu, uh, producer for Visu did to be everywhere is to be nowhere so it has a little bit of that sound to it hmm. yeah sorry randy were you gonna say something there uh no i mean i was just gonna elaborate on like you know there's been situations where bands i feel like you have to do it in moderation because if you want to like push your sound like go for it but there's a point to where if you if you go too hard in one direction you kind of alienate the audience that you built and you know, i don't want to i i'm I don't want to speak like I'm an authority on the subject by any means because these both these bands I'm about to mention are fantastic. One's my all-time favorite band, Architects. When Architects had Hollow Crown, when they put out the Here and Now after that, the Here and Now was them trying to 
I guess, be more mainstream and that kind of like flop for them. And they had to kind of go back to the original formula and then they started taking back off. Trophy Eyes is another great example. The That first album that they had was great. It, it really resonated within the music community and they gained a big following, but then there's a uh, follow-up album after that just did not hit because they, they, again, they kind of just took it into a more like trying to go more mainstream radio direction versus like the, I don't necessarily know if it's hardcore, but I'm going to go ahead and say hardcore. Like a lot of those hardcore influences that they had on that first record, which is, I think it's called chlorine. Um, that, that kind of shot them in the foot, I feel like. So again, it's just, you know, definitely push the envelope, but my, that's definitely something that I try to be mindful of is just not going so far to where you alien the audience that you had built with your, your previous work. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's a, a good segue to, um, to under Ulster, they're only chasing safety, uh, which came out 2004, you know, another example of, you know, they kind of went from like super heavy to more kind of the pop screamo and then back to heavy yeah. and then, you know, their last record. And so why does their only chasing safety uh, stand out to you or, or impact you guys? Or, or Yeah. Whoever? Well, again, that was definitely a me specifically thing. And I think that was just, that was just cause at, at that, at that time I was, you know, a teenager. And so that was one of the first records that really drew me into that genre um, it was like them alongside like the use of my chemical romance. I was just kind of like hitting this, this weird sweet spot as a teenager and just really starting to enjoy music and wanting to be a musician. And that record, you know, that single off of that record, um, what was that single called? Is that single called their only chasing safety? Whatever that final land, land, that one called, uh, reinventing your exit. Uh, Reinvent- yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, man, that was just such a song. That just really was like, man, I want to be in a band. I want to be on Warp Tour. I want to do this. Like, these guys rock. These guys are heroes uh, to me as a the young totally. Yeah, it was just, you know, you can't help but be influenced by, you know, records like that and bands like that at that time when you're such a young, impressionable age. They really define the genre and really influence so many yeah. other For sure. Yeah, and, the, and, that's, and that's interesting to hear from someone that's, um, you know, a bit younger than myself, because when that that album came out, like I had already been listening to them for well, at least the album before that, changing the sounds, and then maybe even one before, and so it was kind of a pretty drastic shift. But it's cool to hear from perspective of someone that kind of just got into it with that album, and and uh, I mean, I guess any band that has a larger discography, you know, there's going to be fans coming in at, at different points of time, and and uh, yeah, again, another good example of how a band can kind of take and define a sound. And, uh, you know, kind of go back and forth and still be really creative and, and inspirational in it. And, you know, some people are going to be on board with that and, and some aren't. But, yeah, whereas maybe we'll uh, we'll skip the State Champs one. Was there any other ones that uh, either uh, Dean or Steve wanted to mention, just albums that you feel kind of have inspired maybe your writing or uh, I think, lyrics? I mean, or... I think Under Oath is pretty all-encompassing for a lot of us. Um I think, you know, for me, The Only Chasing Safety was like a big record because of the way that it sounded. I think it was the first time where something like guitar tone and production really was prevalent to me versus like other things where I was like, whoa, like who did this record? And like, what guitars are they using? And like, why? And and they were like the first band where I could like think as a young guitar player where I was like, I want to sound like Tim Tag, like that aggressive throw. He, that was the first time guitar like sounded like a voice I could have and like mm. 
that record for me, you know, is kind of like all over the place where there's like deep cuts and things like Downside Go, where you clearly just saw them like jump off a cliff and be aggressive to like the poppier stuff. And I thought it was a, a really interesting record. And, and production wise, I think it also like pushed that whole genre pretty hard. That would definitely, like, I had my friends at the time that there's just like, like aggressive and tight and you know like raw sort of all at the same time for me like the vocal it was interesting the vocal dynamic the whole thing really for me that was one of the first records that really kind of opened my eyes to, to production and other things yeah so you were a bit choppy there but i think we kind of got the gist of uh what you were sharing there but yeah well let's uh let's move on so you guys released your debut full-length album just this last year what was the creative and writing recording process like uh for you guys with this album long um, long yeah for sure yes. long um so you know pre-proed everything here uh in austin before going out and doing the record at gradwell house um, man, that was what, 2019 that we did July that? July 2019. July 2019. That's crazy. July 2019 is when we went into the studio for four weeks to do that and just barely released it at the end of 2021. So it's kind of hard to think back on that experience as far as the writing process goes, but that was our first time working with uh, producers. They definitely had a big influence on helping to shape the sound and, and shaping the songs. Um, so that whole experience was definitely a learning curve kind of really letting go and, and allowing someone else who's not in the band to really have a voice in that process but when we went in the studio we had like 18 like demos ready to go and just kind of like cherry picks ones that they were like oh we really like that one i really like that one let's go ahead and work on those and just kind of like mold them into the songs that they are now um, and it's really, it's really cool. I think the only song that kind of like stayed true to its roots was, uh, I want to say per perforated perforated is the only mm -hmm. song that, we had that was like, kind of like song. they maybe changed a little bit of it, but that one kind of stayed true to its roots, but the whole experience was definitely a, a learning curve. Those were long days, long 14 hour days in studios working on songs. Yeah. So four. Was there a reason why it took so long to to release the album? Like, was it COVID related or just other was, factors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really, really wanted to be able to. Uh, I'm sorry, I know I'm talking a lot, but we really wanted to tour. We wanted to be able to release it and tour and like have stuff to support it and do it. And I think 2021 just kind of seemed like we gotta, we gotta get this thing out, you know. And we were on Furnace Fest at the time, yeah. so it's better and better now than than ever to to launch the album, be on that phenomenal festival along so many other great bands and just really try to make a whole experience out of it. Yeah, I think we... Yeah, yeah, you know... Oh, sorry. I just want to say, I think we, we, since we tracked in July, I think from September on, we were kind of looking at like May 2020 to release the thing. And after everything started just kind of going, it really started going back to the mm -hmm. drawing board of like, okay, well, we can't like support it in this way and that way because of all uh, the uh, restrictions and and... Uh, I mean, just safety in general. Uh, so we kind of held off. Things lasted way longer than we thought at that point. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think oh, mm -hmm. it was extra. Even though it took so long, it was extremely relieving uh, to be able to put it out when we did. And I again, kind of piggybacking off of Andy's point, it was kind of the best 
thing possible for it um, because we had uh, a lot of uh, support surrounding it, not just from us and shows, but uh, just with the time that we released it in for sure. Yeah. I've definitely felt for, you know, newer bands during this time where you're like, you know, you get your album and you're ready to kind of just get out there and then you're just sitting there for so long and, that's got to be a, a frustrating kind of place to be in. Did you find that during that time there was any kind of positive growth or was it all kind of, you know, just kind of antsy to get things out or how did you kind of process those those thoughts and feelings? I think we kind of definitely a process of like engaging with fans digitally that as older people in the genre, um, you know, we sort of have missed in the past, you know, we kind of grew up in the, the bootstrapping, like you put a record out and then you tour and you gain one fan at a time. And I think it kind of gave us an opportunity to open our eyes to like social media and, and, and streaming platforms and things in a positive way. And like way we, we can reach people like while everyone is sort of isolated and, you know, things you can do with music to like, uh, you know, be impactful and, and support other people, whether it's like emotionally, financially, like whatever. We did some um, we did some like charity work stuff where we did live streams and like donated proceeds. And it was just like anything. Mm. It kind of took a different spin of the band. And for me, at least um, to not just think about like, let's tour, let's put out a record, let's gain fans, let's sell merch. And it kind of opened my eyes out like how, other ways to connect with people. So I thought that was a pretty positive experience. Yeah, that's rad. Yeah, anything else on that? No, I agree. Yeah, so somebody was discovering you guys for the first time, and someone sits down and listens through this album. Kind of, what are you hoping people will will walk away with after listening to to your guys' new album? I just want, okay. I just want honestly. There's there's no. It's to me that it's it's a kind of an interesting question. And the only way that I really know how to answer it is like, I mean, like, take what you will, honestly, like, I'm, I, I just support. Like, if you like the music, if you like the band, just come out to the show, support us on tour, stream the record. You know, I'm not, we, we don't really, not asking for much, you know, we ain't asking for superstars and you have to do anything crazy. But truthfully, it's just like we put a lot of, of time, heart, and a lot of, personal sacrifice which a lot of other musicians do i know that we're not any exception to that role being a musician is rough a lot of the times it's not necessarily this whole glamorous lifestyle so honestly the for me as just a musician on the instrumental side just you're just supporting the record and enjoying it in any capacity is all i could ever ask for um, i know if chris were here that would be a different mm-hmm. scenario because for him obviously as the vocalist there's so much lyrical meaning there and there's so much that he talks about as far as uh his battle with mental health and diabetes and you know even him being in this band um you know he's got he's he's had to work through a lot as we all have so i'm sure that his, he would take a much more deeper dive into lyrically what it means and I, I just i simply can't paraphrase it well enough if either of the guys want to that's fine but that's 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 not something that I, I think I could articulate articulate as well as that guy could. No, I, I think you you hit it on the head. Just the the impact and the storytelling behind it. Hopefully, it connects with somebody. Hopefully, it helps somebody. 
they can relate to kind of feeling like shit and uh, they can relate to the, all of the situations that are kind of lined out there, whether it's literal or maybe it becomes metaphorical for you. Um, there's a lot to be learned all the time. Everyone has a lot to learn about themselves. Uh, so, I mean, for me, I think that it would be along the lines of like making a connection and a difference if, if mm. possible, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing I could touch on like content and lyrically wise was um, the name of the record. Low life was a conversation Chris and I had early on pretty repetitively when we're talking about naming the record and kind of what to think about it. And um, it was like a part of a, like a lyric sort of buried and um it was sort of this conversation we had with um you know kind of how andy had spoken a little earlier about the struggles that you know people trying to make a living um playing music have these days like we feel like you know a lot of our contemporaries and peers have maybe passed us up and have more stability and other things and so low life was sort of a little bit of like a paint of ourselves and like sort of what we feel you have to be reduced to like holding jobs to accommodate touring schedules and putting the band first scheduling wise, personal time, you know, before things like significant others, wives, family, um, and, you know, sort of how it brings you to be this sort of transient style human, you know, that like, it's always on the move, you know, like sleeping on floors, like we're in our thirties, you know, we know guys that own houses and careers and businesses and things. And, you know, to pursue this dream of connecting with people and creating music, we've sort of been relegated to, you know, bartenders and chefs and other like, you know, things that, you know, if we had the last nine or so years we've been in this band to do other things, like, you know, we could be in much different places. And so for me, like anything I'd want someone to take away from that and that message is that like, this really matters to us. And we just hope when you listen to our music, I think that you can tell that it matters and it matters to you, you know, whether you enjoy it, whether you're connecting to it, whether you just think like guitar solo riffs or you like the drum tone, like whatever it is, like as long as it matters, like that's happy in, in my book. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I, I like that question for a few reasons. I mean, it can kind of just come off as a kind of a cliche question, but uh, with so many music listeners, you know, they take away so much, and especially now with the way music is consumed, you know, lots of singles or, you know, people have access to everything, so they just kind of bounce around. And, and so sometimes you don't kind of really get that full meaning of, like, what the band was hoping for, right? Because people might just listen to a song and move on. Right. And, you know, I'm maybe being my age, I still love listening to an album from, from start to finish. And so at least for me, I mean, I ask these questions because I'm interested in and hopefully others are as well, but I like to kind of get the full picture of it, you know, because if you just listen to a song or two, like you're not going to get that like, oh, like this is, you know, someone's pouring their heart out about mental health or things. You might just think like, oh yeah, it's, you know, it's a fun, catchy song, move on kind of thing. Right. And so yeah. I always just love yeah. to get the, you know, the musicians, the artists, the creative ones behind the 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 product to kind of have that opportunity to kind of explain. So just, you know, because I know for me, when I had when I understand the backstory more, then I appreciate the music more as well. So, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Just uh, yeah. Thanks for uh, sharing kind of your thoughts on that. Sure. So kind of yeah, shifting gears a little bit. I'm I'm also interested to hear who musicians would want to collaborate with. Um, you know, again, I think now more than ever, music is more collaborative. 
And uh, so I'm just I'm curious if if you guys could collaborate with you know an artist, you know maybe from our scene or from outside of the scene, uh, who would that be and why and kind of what is it about them that that draws you in or inspires you? You guys just want me to go first every time? <laughs> I thought we yes, had sir. like an order. I thought it was you, me, Dean. Okay. I thought that was like but <laughs> we established. <laughs> we got 10 minutes and then I'll, I'll have to send out a, a new link there. But yeah, go ahead. Um, just obviously piggybacking on uh, big influences on the early Brian uh, Torf, who's the drummer of the story so far. He also is like a songwriter, guitar player, like a pressure. He's playing guitar on he's he's been playing guitar on the last couple of shows. His just level of musicianship has just always been something that I've like mirrored in myself and i've like have a lot of respect for that dude so to be able to like get in the room with him and write a song would absolutely rock i think i'd we could learn a lot from each other and have a really good time that like i think very well and then outside of the scene i don't i don't necessarily know why but uh, i've recently uh gotten into ko wetzel and i don't know if you've heard of him but he's like a country artist but he's like they're heavy on, on like the rock side of it, kind of like balance and composure, just like heavy bar chord riffs of country. And it's just, I think it would be cool to just put out like a solid, just rock song with that dude and kind of get a com- completely different uh, spin on our own, on our own uh, sound. But that's it for me. Next. Yeah. I, I was just going to say with, with that guy, Cole Wetzel, actually one of my favorite drummers just, <laughs> left a metal band called Fit for a King to play drums with him. So he now has this, like, super rad metal drummer from the south uh, playing. I think he's a uh, Texas guy, too, yeah. the, the drummer anyways. Yeah, that rocks. Selfishly, that's kind of like, I, I would love to do that. I would love to join a, a country band because I come from metal and then kind of done have done pop punk, and I still have other metal projects I like to be in, but I think, like, I would have a lot of fun. I'm doing country because it's just pocket 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 but then the mo- i have so many fills that i could just throw in there and blow like country folks minds because they're like they're like you can do that i'm like <laughs> and have you ever heard china in country oh yeah <laughs> yeah there we go sweet yeah how about you other guys um i mean i i think it's like like within the scene if it's like another musician um I've recently been like jamming a lot of like the drug church stuff. And so I think like uh, Pat and Nick from, from drug church are really interesting guys. Uh, they play guitar and sing. And I, I just really like the way that band writes songs and uses like space, you know, like one of their like new singles. Like if you look up the lyrics, like one of them came out today, but it, it was, um, it was their last single has like 18 words in the lyrics but the song's like three and a half minutes mm-hmm. long and it's just like all about like space. And there's like a minute and a half of like weird instrumental and like a riff change. And so I, I find that pretty inspiring. And beyond that, it, for me, it would be like a producer more than like a musician. I would say like, uh, I'm a huge, like Mark Trombino fan. And I think like the fact that he's yeah. like in bands, like drive, like Jehu and like created like the sound of like, Jimmy World's like Static Prevails, which like at the time like was like crazy, and then bands like Jealous Sound and things like that. Like, I think he's just like smart and super intentional when it comes to like making records, and they're like huge sounding records for me. So like I would, yeah, I'd probably kill someone to do a record with Mark Trombino. 
as nominee. I think yeah, right <laughs> like yeah. the idea That's of cool. that like really excites me. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. How about you, Dean? Uh, for me, uh, it's totally outside of our genre, but uh, it's uh, Tim Henson. Um, his guitar playing is absolutely incredible uh, from uh, Polyphia. Um, Ooh, he yeah. is, it's, it's more about the creativity behind it, uh, that I feel in the collaboration, I'd probably learn a hell of a whole lot, uh, <laughs> just very... about what's that. <laughs> this sounds very selfish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has it's, nothing it's, to do with the band. Guitar, I just want to play a guitar with the him. question. Yeah. The question <laughs> was directed at me and the whole band's going to be there too, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, he I just, I, he can show I us all how to done. use your comfort. It'd be great. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that Tim Henson's mine. Yeah, so let's uh, dive into some of the songs from the band. So Andy had shared a few songs here. And uh, just from your discography that you kind of would feel would represent the band, or I guess not discography, but from this album. So the first one is Raw Raw. the same 
I don't wanna wait until the sun goes down to number stars. We know we can't count. I just wanna stay. So this was uh, the first introduction to your band, because uh, I think this was the first single and video that you guys released. And uh, yeah, it didn't take me long before I was hooked. The song is super catchy and upbeat and has a great vibe to it. Why does this song kind of represent your band well and any kind of insight into the writing and creative process of the song? Um, I'll be really short with it because again, like I'm not, I feel like Steve and Dean have a better handle on like the lyrical meaning that really supports this being a contender, but I think instrumentally for me, I think this song just kind of has a little bit of everything and is the best representation of the band as a whole. Um, and I feel like the message behind the song is even more important, but rep- that, that song we actually uh, wrote in the studio. I think I had just a single riff, a single progression and me and uh, our producer just kind of like, ironed out this whole this whole song and chris wrote the lyrics in the studio for it and we're just like okay solid just wrote a banger just wrote the first single that we didn't even have before getting here yeah let's go yeah it was definitely a song we wanted to push as a first single um like andy's saying like i agree i think all like all of like sort of our elements are there there's like speed and and like the drumming is aggressive and then it sort of slows down but has like a big open chorus and um yeah i mean i think they all just did a really great job and it was really intentional and um i mean lyrically again not being my lyrics but you know understanding and and interfacing with chris a lot like you know it was really about sort of you know going back to what i mentioned about sort of us being in a certain position in life because of um because of playing in bands and things, it's sort of more commentary on that and sort of like, you know, like the chorus is sort of pushing that element of like, you know, we're not giving up, we're still showing up and like kind of pouring your heart into the whole situation is, is sort of what it is. So it's kind of like a call to that. Yeah, I mean, life life is too short is kind of the whole the whole aspect of it and doing what you love is the most important part of it, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of the nutshell. That's cool. Nailed it. Any uh, any funny stories from the video or anything? Was this was this the like one of your guys' first kind of bigger videos? Uh, it was like, probably a couple in. Uh, I mean, the skating thing was crazy. And, yeah, yeah. And Andy's uh, Andy's friend. Um, what was what, what was his name? Andy who who jumped over the fire? Oh, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Matt. The, the takes for that were crazy because we had like essentially like lit a pile of trash on fire and he just like sent it. And like right before the take, we'd take like lighter fluid and just like douse the flame, you know? And so he would be like going through that and falling on something that's burning. And so, yeah, it's a quick little shot, but like that was relatively precarious at the time. And Cameron actually found that, that location. He's our bass player and he's just, he's just got an amazing eye for things like that. Like he came to the group one day and was like, Hey, so there's like this abandoned school that people skate at somewhere in East Austin. Like we should do a music video there. 
And at the time you're like, all right, okay. Like who knows about these things? And like Cameron, Cameron is the guy that knows about these things. And he took us there and everybody was like, this is the coolest place we've ever been. You know? So that was a pretty big creative collaborative effort of like calling homies and, you know, uh, a lot of people using their creativity and mentality to, to, to make that a cool vision. I personally really love that video. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, the, the, uh, graffiti artist, the tagger, uh, oh, yeah. is a buddy that works with me. And I remember, again that same feeling of like you we walked into the space and it felt like wonderland almost because it's completely like open empty no walls you just see concrete and graffiti everywhere and uh, i remember uh going to the car to like get some of the gear and passing chris uh and i was like dude we should have somebody tag for us here and he he was like yeah i think that'd be a great idea i was like wait actually i have a friend who like tagged for a, a, a long time of his life when he was back in California. Uh, and essentially he did that for the cost of his materials, uh, just paying for the paint. Um, and he became kind of a really big portion of that video. Uh, we were going to do this big, like time-lapse thing. Uh, but it ended up being that he was a part of like, he, he was a character in the video almost. Uh, just because it, it worked so well uh, and he did an incredible job nonetheless. Yeah. Is that something you guys have to get like a permit for? How does that work when you're shooting a video in like a public space like that? Or you just no, hope so for the this best? Is like, this is like an abandoned, like it was, it is just, it is an abandoned hollow building and they called it Candyland. And apparently somebody um, who we didn't personally get to meet, somebody was like, building it up in their own spare time and it was like creating ramps and creating like these grind spots and stuff. It was like a very unknown thing. And you would know, cause it's like behind a seven 11 and you look at it and it just looks like this building that you wouldn't want to go into. It's just, okay. but you go in there and it's just like, Whoa, there's like all these cool different like graffiti art and all these different cool skate things that you could be doing there. So there was no, permits required i mean we were obviously mindful about it we didn't want to like shoot too late and cause any issues but during the day like nobody bothered us yeah the employees of 7-eleven aren't like why do i hear drums for eight hours (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they're probably stoked yeah (laughs) yeah if anything people are like oh what did it well that's cool that's fair what's your no Austin's pretty like cool about that stuff. No one's it's you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who's gonna be a jerk when you're, you know, being just creative. You know, it's not like we're hooligans over there just like causing a, a crazy ruckus. You know, we're trying to do our thing. People are like, "That's that's badass. Go y'all." Besides lighting stuff on the fire <laughs> and tagging the walls, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. we were safe, and there was the a fire. part of it. Sure. I think. Yeah. Somewhere. No, that's cool. Yeah, let's move on to uh, the second song you picked, Bad Luck.
So this is the one that follows Rara. The song has a, a bit more ups and downs, kind of energy-wise, which gives the song some really cool dynamics and shows a different side to the band. Why does this yeah, song well. kind of represent you guys well? And and uh, yeah, any thoughts on this song? I think you kind of just nailed it as far as that dynamic go. You know, I feel like that song was kind of like a departure from the old formulae of this is these are the riffs, this is the structure, here we go. There was like a lot more experimentation that was involved with that, a lot more, I guess, you know, kind of freedom of creativity. And Chris, or Chris, Steve wrote this just really beautiful guitar part over like that second verse and the intro where it was just kind of like, we're just kind of in the pocket, jamming, creating, a, a, as Steve would like to call it, a texture, a, a space, you know, and then we just, out of no i think that two-step that we hit you with and and dean just screaming and and keep in mind dean at the time had like almost died like from like pneumonia near blood infection like our wow. boy had the work studio but like he managed to go in there and like absolutely nailed this screaming part and like i cannot wait to do more of that in the next record i feel like that kind of just like showed like okay we really can just just really open things up and go in all kinds of different directions and create a really interesting song that still manages to be in my opinion very cohesive so i think that's kind of like that song is definitely like our collective favorite yeah what's cool about kind of what my thought was you know it's it's fairly early on the album and it's right after you know like the big energetic single sometimes it's almost kind of like a risk to put you know two songs like this back to back right because people are like okay like i've got all this energy and and i'm not saying this this song doesn't have it but it, it's just a bit different and but again it's cool pairing those two together you know again if you're listening to the whole album then you kind of get that understanding a bit more hell yeah honestly didn't even think about that i'm sure one of these guys thought about it when we were doing the track listing thing but we we're like yo this song rips we're gonna give them the sauce the, the singles but we want to we want people to like we want people to hear this song. We were yeah. really proud of that. Yeah. It was it was considered a little bit in the mix process of sort of like how things were going together, in my opinion, and like what 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 things like tied together, and a lot of that kind of the noisy elements and little textural things that happen that tie a few of the tracks together. But um, yeah, I mean, it just sort it sort of felt right for me. Yeah. Um, I know, like you know, when we were having it mixed and then also mastered and then remastered, um, you know, a, a lot, I take, I take a lot of those, um, professionals and like kind of ask those opinions and things like that. So we are pretty lucky with the team, um, as far as the record and things go, like Alan Douches has done two of our records and he did the first pass of the master on this. And he's always, um, been a really, really awesome dude to work with, which is amazing. Um, and then it was, um, what's John's last name? I don't know. John from Nada Studios. Uh, he did the final master of the record and a lot of like little final touches. And he really, he really emphasized a lot of those points too, which I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Well, it's cool. It's cool to hear some of the kind of the little elements that, you know, you wouldn't, might not catch just from listening to it, but that's why I like kind of you know, asking these questions and getting that, those kind of backstories. So kind of to wrap it up here, what are, what are you guys kind of hoping to accomplish in the coming year? I know there's still lots of things that are kind of unknown, but any kind of hopeful plans either personally or, or as a band that you're hoping for? Tour. <laughs> Hopefully get to a safe place 
here. So uh, being back on the road, uh, I think being in this stalemate for the last like two years, two and a half years uh, is a little uh, unnerving. And uh, you always like miss that like piece of the pie. Um, I mean, granted, we've had a lot of times to self-reflect and and figure ourselves out and, and uh, kind of take in some of the positives that we can. Uh, but uh, yeah, for me, it's definitely trying to get back out on the road uh, and continue writing as well. I mean, again, 2019 was when we were writing this. So it's even though this record hasn't come out that long ago, um, it's it's time to get back to the grind. Mm. Yeah. What is your guys's kind of tour history or experience? Like, have you done national tours or is this record kind of what you're hoping will push you to that? We've done a lot of um, like DIY work. We've done a couple things here and there with bigger bands and festival opportunities like South by So What. And um, there's stuff in works right now for like towards the end of the year. Um, I also like manage a music venue and I could tell you that like the next few months looks very precarious at the moment. Yeah. So we're not, in my opinion, crazy in a rush. Um, but I think towards the end of the year, we'll definitely start moving a little more. And, um, you know, for me personally, I think it's really about figuring out how to be a band in a new context, uh, and how like we enjoy it and how we want to like, like Dean was saying, start like we, we're starting to just dip our toes back into writing and um, really sort of have a an, like an intentional vision of how to be a band and and be happy and and you know still do what we want to do, but in obviously like a very different state of things, you know, at the moment, you know, like I said kind of earlier on, like we're used to, okay, we put out a record, time to go on tour. You know, you play for 10 people and next time you come back, you play for 20 people, like, et cetera. And, you know, it's it's a bit of a learning curve for us, but it's kind of exciting at the same time to kind of readdress something we've been doing for so long. So. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm hoping that once things finally open up, that people will just be so excited to see live music again that, you know, hopefully you don't have to start still kind of at the bottom with 10 people and, you know, not not that that's a bad thing. Lots of bands have to do that, but yeah, hopefully, sure. you know, I guess maybe that's one of the good parts is, you know, your record will have been out. You've been able to, like you said earlier, touch base with fans more and really kind of build that connection so that that kind of hype and excitement is like, okay, like, you know, I've been following these guys on social media for six, eight months already now. And, and uh, yeah, hopefully people will be kind of just ready to come out and, and rock out with you guys. Yeah, I, I, I feel very similar as far as just, Hopeful that this is just kind of reignite the passion for people, you know, because I'm, I'm, we've all been stuck and having to be like, you know, as we should. It's a pandemic, trying to be very reserved with going out, especially when big crowds and stuff. But, you know, I'm really looking forward to the day when when we can we can go out and not feel guilty about it and put on shows and not have to be worried about, you know, enabling or putting people in a position to where they could be getting sick. You know what I mean? Like we all have, it's, we all have our own right to make whatever decision we want to make, but I know us as a collective band, we don't want to be touring or playing shows if it's going to put people at risk. So when things open up, I'm really hoping we're just like, yes, let's go. All the shows, all the bands, all the tours, we've missed this so much. Let's run. Fingers crossed for that. I I definitely feel I cannot wait for that. Yeah, right on. 
so if uh yeah if people want to check out nominee connect with you guys what's what's the best way to do that all the standard streaming platforms and instagram Aaron, i promise we're going to be better about that (laughs) it's all good on on instagram um yeah nominee music uh on every streaming platform and instagram's your best bet if you want to hit us up talk about shows talk about the music we would love to connect with any and everyone yeah right on well yeah thanks for so much for for taking the time to do this i'm excited for hopefully more people to to hear you guys because here yeah, you're an awesome up-and-coming band really solid record you guys put out I've, I've loved listening to it multiple times and excited to see what else uh yeah has in, has in store for you guys so yeah thanks for taking the time to chat and and hang out and uh look forward to seeing uh, what you guys got for us in uh, 2022 thank you thank you so much man